Well, I think that's certainly true. Um, there's a sense in which anything that is alien is always classified according to a couple of really strong images or terms, you know. And since the majority of people aren't pagans, I mean, paganism is on the rise, but it's still very small, really, statistically, um, they tend to be seen in terms of witches, sabbaths, covens, Satan worship, or at least... You know, at the very at the very least, uh, antisocial activities of some kind. Yeah, well, you you do have that sense of it. Well, you better explain to us what is paganism. Well, it's interesting. The pagan movement nowadays. Some people technically refer to it as neo-paganism because it's new. It's a revival of older faiths and older religious ideas. Mm -hmm. Other pagans like to stress the idea that they have an unbroken continuity with the past and that really during the reign, the ascendancy of Christianity in Europe at least, paganism, the old religion as they prefer to call it, just went underground. But the problem is when you say what is paganism, um, the answer is that it can be a very large number of very different and disparate things. And so pagan groups often tend to be special interests. You mm -hmm. find that groups of people cluster together who share the same beliefs, for example, goddess worshippers, um, they tend to cluster together. But the most prominent pagan group in Australia at the moment, which has had a little bit of coverage, you know, a front page article on in the Good Weekend and that sort of stuff, is the Church of All Worlds. And they're important because they're the first pagan group in Australia to actually receive legal recognition as the status of a church, you know. That, that makes you rather respectable in a way. And uh, they incorporate pagans of all kinds, people who, for example, identify with the ancient Egyptian pantheon, mm -hmm. people who identify with what is called Wicca, which is a kind of northern European magical stream, people who are goddess worshippers, people who are astral travellers and uh, creative visualisers, as they call it. Uh, so there's a very, very large spectrum of beliefs. And are they necessarily anti-Christian? No. Interestingly, um, one of the problems with defining religious allegiances is that the religions in the Judeo-Christian stream, Judaism, Christianity and Islam, have exclusive gods, you know, and they, they're ethical gods. Um, Yahweh, the Christian god mm -hmm. of Allah, they mm -hmm. make commands, human beings are in a state of sin, they disobey those commands, they require mercy, forgiveness and a certain kind of incorporation. And those religions therefore are absolute and the God is a jealous God, you shall have no other gods before me. Um, most other religions, and I don't count just amongst pagans here, but religions like Hinduism and Buddhism for example, are not exclusive. They have no difficulty with the idea that a person might want to belong to two or three religious traditions simultaneously or might borrow a little bit from here and there. And pagans usually, when asked about uh, orthodox religion, not just Christianity, but the traditional religions mm -hmm. of Western Europe, Judaism and Islam fit into that, I guess, as well, will normally say that, you know, everybody finds their salvation, finds their spirituality in their own way and that there's no problem with that. What they do have a problem with is the exclusivity and the tendency to uh, judgmentalism which exists within the Christian tradition. And of course, that just is a logical consequence of the Christian understanding of God and of ethics. Christianity is one of those faiths that in its hardline form has to say, Jesus says, he's the way, the truth and the life. There is no salvation outside. So in fact, it, it, it's very easy. It's been very easy across the 2000 years of Christian history for Christians to be condemnatory of anybody with a different religious position. Most pagans are very tolerant. So, so where, did, where did Satan creep into all of this then, Carol? <laughs> well, that's a really interesting question. So
Satanism has always struck me as being a very odd concept. Mm. Because, for example, it's just it's a, it's a faith that does not work if Christianity doesn't exist. It, it works only as inverted uh, yes. religious orthodoxy. That's true. Yeah. So, so if, if you're going to be a Satanist, you have to admit that there, that there is a, a basis of truth in Christianity. Yes. Save, you know, yeah. humanity and that you're going to resist it anyway. Right. <laughs> right. Which, you know, always strikes me as a little bit bizarre. And it does seem to me that um, activities were classified as satanic by medieval Christians, particularly, um, you know, the Inquisition, which has such a wonderful reputation <laughs> these days. Um, and anything that was seen as unchristian was seen, therefore, as furthering satanic ways. Now, one of the problems with connecting paganism with Satanism is it, it all comes from Margaret Murray's great book called The Witch Cult in Europe. Mm -hmm. Do you know about this? No, I don't. She was an Egyptologist and actually quite good. Um, and then in her uh, older age, uh, in, in the university lecture, reasonably re respectable, in her old age wrote a couple of books about how really what Satan Satanism was, was and what most of these people that the medieval church burned as devil worshippers were, were worshippers of the vital old pagan gods who had never actually died in Europe. <laughs> Now, the problem with Murray's thesis is that she, she really used her evidence incredibly badly, and it's a very unconvincing book. But it's one of those books where it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong, the idea of it is fantastic. so important. <laughs> right. And it gave a lot of people who were seeking the old gods or other ways of spirituality in the early 20th century a focus, you know, and it, they started thinking, yes, we have lived in, in contradistinction to Christianity. It's the faith that's, that's, that's oppressed older more passionate, more earthy, more sensual, more liberated tradition. Uh, uh, well, yes, and, and perhaps more tangible for many. Well, in that, indeed, that's quite true, because Christianity has a very abstract theology, and it's, it's very, very overtly spiritualized and otherworldly. It focuses on heaven mm. rather than on this life. Mm -hmm. And so I think the identification of paganism and Satanism, to an extent, is Margaret Murray's fault, even though she thought she was probably doing something good. <laughs> Nowadays, there is a wonderful fellow in America called Anton LaVey who runs a thing called the New Church of Satan. And it's actually a, a self-realization movement. And he uses Satan in a sort of archetypal psychology way. And he's not really concerned, I think, if you like, with the theological reality of an entity that you might call Satan. Sure. But he's interested in the whole idea of exploring the dark. Isn't it I love all this right. stuff. We could, we could talk for hours. And actually, just putting you right on the spot, because a couple of interviews that I've done that I've, I've been fascinated by, and I just love her books. So I just wanted to ask you, Carol, what do you think about Dr. Barbara Thiering? Well, Barbara, of course, is not really part of the pagan debate. No, of course not. I'm just asking you. She is fascinating in that she <laughs> is part of the dismantling of Christianity debate. Sure. And this comes with postmodern theory, and mm -hmm. I that's another thing that might make a lot of people groan. I'm sorry if anyone listening groans. But what it really means is that the, the classification of modernism was that there were certain things that everybody believed. You know, they, and, and the theorists call these meta-narratives, big stories, which everybody believed. It was just certain. And even if you didn't believe, for example, that Jesus was the Son of God, you could take the idea that the New Testament documents were a reliable source and they could be historically analysed. The postmodern view is that actually most of these meta-narratives never really existed. They were things people wanted to believe and mm -hmm. structured to give order to the cosmos, particularly ethical and social and moral and mm -hmm. political order, and that if you were really objective, you'd look at them and they would all break down, they would all crumble into little stories, little fragments of stories. With a political background. Yeah. 
And the interesting thing about Barbara is what she's done is she's part of this demolition of the New Testament. Now, I actually know her, and so I suppose it's, it's an awkward thing to say on, on, on radio, but I do believe she's wrong. I own her books. I've mm-hmm. read them. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested. She, her area is, of course, not my specialist area, so sure. I'm, I'm not able to say that. But I do believe that while she is constructing, if you like, a new myth, a wonderful new myth, um, we can't talk in terms of scholarly, verifiable truth. But isn't it a wonderful debate? It is, actually. It's great around a dinner party. It's very stimulating yes. to see people thinking and looking at things from a different angle. Fantastic. Which I think is the, the pagan thing, too. Carol, lovely to talk with you. Thank <laughs> you for being so stimulating. <laughs> That's OK. Have, have a great week. And we thought, we thought uh, since we are talking uh, well about things pagan, it was only fair that we should come out of this with something that's Celtic. So we're going out with Enya. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> okay, thanks, okay. Carol. Bye-bye. Bye. Dr. Carol Cusack. And uh, Carol is indeed lecturer in the School of Studies and Religion at the University of Sydney.